cam cameras, both cameras are rolling? Rolling sound. Okay, rolling sound. And are we live? We're good. Yeah, looks like we're... Yeah. It looks like, um, yeah, everything... We're, we're all pretty. pretty good. Okay. Okay. It's episode seven. In three, two, one. Welcome to the Crownsman Podcast, episode seven. That's right. Live from CIM. I'm your host, Jared Downey. I'm also the president of Crowns and Partners, and I'm joined by Gaudi Molina, Director of Management and Training. Good also morning. Also at Crowns and Partners. <laughs> I was not done my intro yet, Gaudi. Oh, I'm sorry. But good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am very well, thank you. Yeah, we're rolling? Yes. Um, and yes, we're back at CIM once again. Um, this is our second day. Uh, first day was just exhibitors, um, but now we are here with full-on open doors to the public, and it seems like it's already busy. And I think oh, doors opened what 40 minutes ago. Yeah. So um, it's a good. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, and there's a lot of people. Show, uh, our consultants haven't stopped. I can see just one person after another they're talking to, and yeah, this yeah. is just the opening. So it's going to be. It's going to be intense. Um, we're going to jump right into the show because yes. we've got we've got two. Um, I might want to check my mic levels just a little bit. It seems like maybe I'm uh, peaking a little bit beyond you. Um, no, I think we're all pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'll lower that just but in case. Yeah, we have um, the topic today. Yeah. Is oh, I should mention first. This is also brought to you in partnership with the IAC. And the IAC is a nonprofit organization, and their mandate is to support the industrial sectors. Yes. And to combat irresponsible government policies that make it hard for the industrial sector to grow. Yes. Um, so they're they're funding some of our research. Um, they're in partnership with the podcast. Um, I myself am a board member of it, and uh, so there's you know there's a Facebook group. Um, you can join a membership. Uh, the IAC is really going to be instrumental in in pushing the the industrial sector into into a positive light because there is still a lot of negative media and negative government policies. Uh, so that's in partnership with the IAC, uh, the Crown Podcast. And today for the podcast, this is a good topic. It's new versus used mining and processing equipment. Hmm. Did you get a chance to look at the notes? I, I did. Um, and let me say that uh, just from because we, we've worked with both companies with new and used equipment in mining anyway, um, uh, you kind of get to see what one has to offer versus the other and, yep. and vice versa. And I think that this discussion is kind of, I think, I think it's kind of equal. <laughs> Yeah, it really but depends on the needs. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. But um, I think we'll have a better understanding and um, a more a better insight um, once we get talking. Hi, Rory. Here's Rory. Rory, uh, Rory is actually heading up developing the IAC. And okay, um, just before we get started, I'm going to make sure uh, Rory's uh, heard. Hello, everybody. Here we go. One oh, second. Let me see. Okay. Please so, Rory, you're interrupting Rory. our podcast. I'm My apologies. for something very important. Yes, it is. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, welcome, welcome to our podcast. So, your podcast today is on like the advantages of new or used. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, our uh, the first guest is Jan Petzold from GHH, and they develop a lot of underground equipment and do various other projects with their company. So they're looking to expand more into the North American markets. Yeah. How did you get uh, them to come on the show? Well, they're actually our neighbors, so they're right across. The camera can't see that, but they're right across the road. So yeah. we'll... Uh, Perfect. We'll, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got to met him briefly, so he seemed like a pretty... Uh, he d definitely knows his, his equipment and yes. his company. So it's going to be a good interview. Um, so we'll bring him in. Yeah. This okay. Yeah. I'll go uh, grab him. The thing is with this podcast is... Um, it's because it's live. We're bringing in Rory. We're we're bringing in guests on the fly. We're not going to edit it down. That's it's right. It's going to be what we're experiencing here. This is a live show. Yeah. Um, um, it's it's kind of so that I mean, for a lot of people that will get to see this, um, a lot of them aren't able to come. So it's kind of like here you go. You're you're going to be part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And hello, Jen. Here we go. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Try to set up that mic for you. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Thank there you, you very much. Thank yeah. you for Let's having me. Let's get that mic show. a little closer. Yeah. Okay. Hope yeah, that I think works. That should be good. That should be good. 
Okay. Okay. Perfect. So uh, yeah, so this this uh, podcast today is new new versus used equipment, um, and uh, there's there's advantages and disadvantages to both. Um, you are in the business of new equipment, uh, specifically underground equipment. So uh, we really want to get your perspective on advantages, disadvantages. Um, and, and talk a little bit about uh, GHH as well. Um, so maybe just give us a little bit of background of, of who the company is and, and what they do. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you very much at first for inviting me to your show. Thanks for coming on. Um, GHH, um, very complicated to pronounce the name, Gute Hoffnungshütte. Um, what is a classical German name? Actually goes back to the 1700s. Oh. Um, our company on its own was formed in 1964. It's a privately owned company, and we are belonging to a group of mining houses um, who are um, all operated in Germany and belonging to one company called Schmidt-Kranz Group. Um, we are specialized on underground equipment for trucks and loading, so that means transport specialist. Um, we are operating globally. Um, our main production facilities are in Europe and Southern Africa. We are also doing drilling equipment, drill rigs for mining and for tunneling. Um, in our operations, you, you will see us in Latin America in the same way as in Russia. You see us in Southern Africa as well as you see us in India and also nowadays here in North America. Mm. So is North America then an, a, a new market for you? North America is a new market for us. Um, North America, we actually entered with a legal entity only mid-2017. So, we, oh, are so relative, really new. we are relatively new on the market here. Um, to be very frank, we, we followed one of our European customers who had acquired um, two salt and potassium mines in Canada as well as in the United States. And that's one of the reasons why we decided to be in Toledo so that we are able to service these two mining houses from one position out. Oh, so you, were, you entered the market with, with a customer and now basically using that relationship you've entered the market and now you're expanding out and, and finding new customers in, this, in the Canadian and... That, that is exactly the case. So when we took the decision to, to go into the North American market, we had carefully chosen where we'd like to be and what should be the next steps. So. Definitely our customer had acquired a couple of products already. Um, so we're providing service to these two mines in Ojibwe in Canada as well as Fairport in the US. Um, but for us it was given from day one on that we'd like to extend also into the hard rock market in Canada but also in the underground limestone operations in the United States. Right. So that means with the investment we have taken it here and the decision we wouldn't like to stay quiet and like to be only in the backyard of somebody else. Um, we got our own plans to be it here. Right. Definitely we know that Canada is a very well-established market. Um, there are certain others who are swimming in the same pond. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, uh, we believe that the products we can offer, like our trucks and loaders, um, they're absolutely state-of-the-art and uh, we are not feared about any type of keeping up a competition with others. Well, the company's been around, you said since 64. 1964, correct. So uh, one of our topics that we talk about when we're talking about mining is, is the technology. Had, was the company, did the company start out as underground mining equipment or, or how has it changed um, over the last okay. 60, 60 or, some yeah. odd years? Now look, originally the company JHH was formed as an entity of MAN Group. MAN, these large conglomerate nowadays known for trucks in um, on street operations, so that means normally road legal type of um, equipment. Um, in the mid-60s, MAN was owning in Germany um, blast furnaces, they got their own steel operations, they had owned mines worldwide, they also decided to do mining contracting at that time. But um, over the years, the market had drastically changed, the companies had decided we specialize ourselves, um, we do not have to be backwards integrated, so therefore I do not have to, have to be in the ownership of an iron ore mine to buy some iron. Mm. Um, that's what they did in the past. Um, and GHH was formed originally to transport um, big heavy loads on steel, but also heavy loads on hot steel, what you're normally using in blast furnace operations. Um, later on they decided then to go into the field of um, trucks and loaders for the underground application. For a while we also produced um, 
airport carriers. So, for example, we built the first one to carry the A380. Oh. Um, we sold that nowadays, but still, um, something to tell you, we are not only using mining equipment, we have built up our knowledge also from other industries. Yeah. Do, do you still, so are, are you still in, do you still have mines in operation now, or is it purely uh, an equipment company at this point? Um, we SGHH are a purely equipment OEM, but a sister company of us is actually digging salt. That means we are um, in the eastern part of Germany where we are operating our own salt mine, um, and that gives us the unique opportunity that you have a chance to, to test your equipment mm. in a real mine. Um, there's a couple of others in the market who are also claiming on that they have a test facility um, yeah, but I would call it a test facility. We have a mine. <laughs> That's a different. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. The, the, actually, that led me to uh, something I was wondering, though. Is this equipment, is it specialized for a particular type of mining? Or, or like you mentioned about trying to enter into the hard rock mining. Yeah, uh, look, we, we are in the hard rock for, for years and years. So if, if you see it, for example, here on this on these brochure, oh, yeah. okay. um, we got different type of color codings. So everything what is yellow mm -hmm. is actually for the soft rock industry. Oh, oh, and everything okay. what you see in white um, is for the hard rock industry. Oh, okay. And we are servicing them since, since years and years. But nevertheless, um, we have specialized ourselves in so-called low-profile equipment. Um, the potassium seams, as you have them in Europe, they are relatively low. So we have to develop equipment what allows you to carry up to 20 tons in a maximum machine height of 1.6 meters. Mm. So that's what, what we are specialized on. Oh, okay. And then we, we did the step over to um, South Africa. When you're coming from a low profile application, you can imagine there's a logic step to go into gold, mm -hmm. silver, yeah. but also platinum in South Africa. And that's where we formed our GHH mining machines, um, where we are servicing particularly the gold and platinum industry in Southern Africa with our own production on site. So the differences are, are the profile of the machines generally? That's definitely the profile. So each and every of the um, OEMs in the field of LHDs and, and dump trucks, um, they're having similar size classes. Mm. So you're talking about, for example, a 14-ton machine. We, we're just having here a brand new machine on, on the market. It's called the LF. 14, um, a unit what has a transport capacity of 14 tons, you will see similar product sizes from others. Um, so we are talking here about what can you transport, what can you carry in the given time period. And one shovel load tells you it's 14 tons or you have something with 20 tons and you got your corresponding dump truck of 42 tons or you have even up to 65 um, in smaller mines as you, as you would have them in Latin America, you're operating only with small equipment of five tons um, as an LHD and then 15 tons as, as a dump truck. A couple of questions I had in, in addition is, one being, uh, being a German-based company, you come into a new market, so one is, well, two-part two question really, what are the, what are the challenges and, and one of the ones um, that I hear about from overseas companies trying to get into the market is servicing the machines. Hmm. Um, so what, is, what are some additional challenges of getting into a North American market, U.S., Canada, and, uh, and how, do, how do you get serviced um, machines? Do you have multiple locations here or, or how does that yeah, okay, let's start with the second part of your question on how, how we are servicing the equipment. So we have our own service technicians in the company. So we are able to, to have people based here in North America. It's not that we have to fly them in and out from Europe. Um, when we decided to enter the market here, it was a very clear understanding. Without being able to provide necessary service, we are not existing. Mm -hmm. um, to your first question on what are the challenges of of entering such a market here, um, we have to recognize that we are entering a relatively well-established market. Mm -hmm. um, we are entering a market, particularly here in Canada, uh, where your legislation over the last years had drastically changed. So from simply having equipment on board with whatever type of diesel engines you'd like to use up to we bent diesel and we're only going for alternative energies. So in this spectrum, um, you're operating. So the 
the old Sudbury doesn't exist any longer. So with, with the way of Inco left and Vale came in, there's a drastically change also happened in the center of your mining industry. Um, and for us as a newcomer at here, the difficulties is to, to really understand um, how the market is getting be played and, and how you're entering in. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you, you have to understand, you have to break through an established supply chain. Right. Um, and you can win that only in quality of your product. You can win these in, in terms of your equipment might be lasting for longer, you have might be better performances or lower operating cost. But in any case, for the mining industry, these like to be proven at first. Um, so you can easily hold up your brochures and say, guys, that's what we can do. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to demonstrate that you're capable to do so. And, and would you say that this as a, I mean, obviously you're here representing the company, but, but what is their, their advantage? Is it that they last longer? I mean, well-built machines? What's their sort of market advantage that would attract, that would pull somebody away from a machine they're using here as, and, and switch over to them? Yeah, look, you, you got from us two, two types of machines. You can have a highly sophisticated one with automated um, drivetrains. You can have it with data control. Um, you can have preemptive maintenance stories and, and all of that. It's available. You can also go into fully autonomous operated machines, but you also can have simply hydraulically controlled equipment. Mm. So depending on the skill sets of your end customers. Oh, I see. So if I look into different type of markets, I would suggest, yes, there's an acceptance for modern technology or even high tech. Canada is definitely a market who is prepared to take it. Um, if you would go to, to other parts of the world, I wouldn't like to call it third world countries, but they are definitely markets where a simplified, robust type of equipment gives the customers a bigger advantage than the high sophisticated, complicated type of equipment. So back to what we as GHA do, we are offering both. So we are prepared to go in the high end as well as we are prepared to service the normal type of mining houses who are not looking for complex machines. Mm -hmm. The topic of this, this podcast is about new versus used. Um, when you're, you're selling new, I mean, there's so many advantages to new. Obviously, it's going to be cleaner. You're, yeah, there's, you're not going to run into as many issues with it, hopefully. Um, but w what would you say the main advantage, even selling to, to a country that is looking for simplified machines, a lot of times um, they are ordering in uh, used equipment and then re rebuilding it and tearing down an old plant or bringing in uh, LHDs that are... Um, that they're going to remanufacture. What is the main advantage, would you say, to, to new, um, even in any market? Well, look, it's, it's a little bit like in your private life, <laughs> something new <laughs> has a different value than something is used, yeah. even that you might be got the same warranty on it. Um, <laughs> the benefit is if you're buying something new, you can be assured that you have state-of-the-art equipment, components. Um, in terms of maintenance, you have still access to, to all all the used components. Mm -hmm. If you work with a used machine, and let's say used starts from something like 5,000 hours, that means around about a year's in operation, up to machines who are three, four, five years mm -hmm. in operation, you might be experiencing an issue that not all parts are available. You have definitely engines on a different emission class. Mm -hmm. So we are talking nowadays in Europe about already tier five, or is the highest emission class you can you can foresee at the moment versus and still air-cooled machine what has a totally different um, emission class on it. So when, when we are as an OEM delivering brand new equipment, we are also going the way and offering retrofits to and rebuilds to our customers. So in rebuild what you do is you, you take the machine back from, from one of your clients. It doesn't mean that you have to buy it. He might be overhanded to you and asking you for an update. Mm. Um, that means you, you can revitalize a used machine and give them still a shelf life of, again, 70% of the original lifetime. Right. So that means you, you give them a second life. That works. Um, benefit here for the customer is definitely that a part of the big capital investment he did years ago is extended. And okay. it's more into the 
OPEX type of cost for him versus the front up CAPEX, what you do. Mm -hmm. And every time depends also a little bit on where you are in the cycle time in the market. Is, right. is the market CAPEX or OPEX driven? Right. That yeah. depends. Yeah, well, the thing that struck me too, as you said, uh, is because you can fit it for the machines for different markets, um, even if they're buying a, a new machine, that you, you do provide a simplified one that allows them that flexibility to, to essentially work on their, their machine themselves, mm -hmm. and is that right? Correct. Yeah, as opposed to the, the higher end machines that are going to a lot more computers and... Now look, you have, to, you have to, to accept different markets, and you have also different skill sets of operators. Mm -hmm. um, assumingly here in Canada, you have access to relatively well-educated group of people. If you're going with these type of equipment into other mining areas, um, name it, you're going somewhere in Central Africa or you're going somewhere in Central Asia, you might be, doesn't find these type of skills. Mm -hmm. So you have to adjust yourself to how you can provide a system what gives the best efficiency for the end user. And efficiency is, as you know, a combination of availability, of robustness, of time, of reliability. And if you, if you count them all together, you can get it in once by high sophisticated operation remote controlled, one operator runs two machines, all of these is available, or you have to go into another market where might be the government is forcing to employ people. So mm -hmm. if you are offering a system what reduces the amount of people in the underground world, and in the parallel you have a government who's forcing to get employments done, you're staying in a conflict, mm -hmm. and therefore you have to be able to offer both, depending on the markets you'd like to provide. I guess, in, and in some cases too, if you, let's, going back to the people that are trained for these, this high-tech equipment, if you, they, spending more money doesn't necessarily get you a better product for their, for their what they need. If mm -hmm. they go and spend millions of dollars on machines that they can't operate, yep. and, and what is the price? difference between a machine that can move the same amount uh, of material, um, you know, a, a high-tech machine as opposed to a simplified machine? Is the price, I mean, is a 100% price difference? What, what is the range? No, you're not talking about 100%. You're talking about 30-something percent. That might be the difference. Mm -hmm. um, you can have very highly sophisticated types where you might be getting up to 100%. That also is possible, but that means you might be have a machine who doesn't require any longer an operator on at all. Mm. Um, and then you, then you definitely are able to, to charge a different value, but also the cost of the machine is different. And you have to keep in mind the cost of developing it to maintain the equipment. You see it, for example, how difficult it is for the automotive industry when they are talking about running out of autonomously operated machines mm -hmm. and equipment. We do it in the mining industry already since a couple of years. So others are still talking about it. We are using it already. Mm -hmm. um, and we definitely doesn't have the funds available like the big automotive companies of this world. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I wouldn't want to take up too much of your time. I know you got another a booth to run and people yeah, to no, talk to. So thank, thank you, you very much. No, thank Dan you for, for your time. Yes. Thanks and have thank a good you day. So thank much. you. All yeah. the best and yeah. please enjoy your shows. Yes, here. you thank too. Bye-bye. Have a good one. All right, that was uh, that was very nice. Um, a lot of information. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd have to say, um, I think that if I had to choose, I'd rather go with new. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> well, and it's it's budget too, right? True. Um, actually, what he was saying is, uh, I mean, new and shiny is always uh, is always so nice, but. Um, but there's also the new technology that has that could have glitches in it as That's well. That's right. Yes. Right. Um, like our client, um, I mean, they've they've got a very high end, high quality product, yeah. and I found it really fascinating that that range that they have. Um, yeah. Because, for example, I, I know dealing with Savannah Equipment, they um, who we're going to interview someone from there the next couple of minutes. Yeah. They they have people with certain skill set that need a particular type of machine with a, a particular type of motor that they might not even be making anymore, but that mine needs it because that's what their skill set. That's don't have right. So, so yeah, the, I thought he really explained it well, the different advantages. Um, I was, I wanted to get that to that in the podcast, um, but he, he explained it so much better, so I'm <laughs> glad he got into yeah. it. Um, well, I think 
we should uh, we should bring in someone on the counter. Yeah, I'm going to bring in. Uh, so this is actually an interview with my brother. No, Jordan, yeah. really? You know, don't <laughs> act surprised. <laughs> um, and and he works with with Savannah Equipment. Okay. Um, and our father is one of the the major shareholders in Savannah Equipment. Um, they've been around for 30 years. It's a long time. Yeah, they've been in the business. So they're selling a lot. They're selling all over the world. Um, and so they're going into a lot because they're doing mostly used. They are selling into these markets um, exactly what Jen was talking about. Um, shipping and you know, I've seen lots of scoop trams going to places like Mexico mm -hmm. to be uh, to be worked on because That's that right. th th those mines have the um, the manpower that their their skill set is for these machines. That's right. Um, so Savannah is really involved. Jordan actually, we're Savannah started to expand into new equipment as well. Um, they've got a trommel for plaster mining mm -hmm. on the market now. Um, it's a beautiful machine, really heavy duty one. Um, and then Jordan's actually relaunched the high G uh, concentrators. Okay. Um, they've been around. Well, I'll ask him some of the information yeah, background on that. Yeah, of course. And he and that's a really high-end machine um, for uh, concentrate gold concentration, gold recovery. Um, so that and he is selling that. Um, one of the channels is through Savannah Equipment. So now Savannah is actually starting to expand into the new because okay. the same thing. Obviously, there is a demand, that's and right. Savannah is such a they're one of the biggest mining uh, equipment websites in the world. Um, so right. obviously, you get a lot of people that don't just want used, and they've recognized that. So they've started to move into that. So. Yeah, we're going to bring in Jordan. Um, and uh, Hello, Jordan. On. Come on over. Have a seat. Welcome. Let's uh, test your mic before we get started. Yeah, we'll set you up with a mic. I've already explained uh, that we are brothers, so if people think we look alike, there is a <laughs> there reason for that. <laughs> there is a reason. <laughs> we even, we are pretty much matching today even. All right, let's get that mic a little closer to you. You can move it, actually. There you go. There you go. We'll have it pretty let's give it a test. I can hear you. All yeah. right. Okay. Um, I can hear you. Can you just say a little something a little once more, please? Good morning, Gaudi. Perfect. Almost good afternoon. It is. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, this morning's flying by. Okay. Yeah, so we We're just good. we just wrapped up an interview with uh, GHH. Uh, they're... Uh, a German OEM company that does underground equipment. So he was he was talking about new and um, what they do and, and different equipment for different markets uh, based on the need. You know, autonomous vehicles for the Canadian market, but if you're going into Central Asia, they've got simplified machines and that. Um, so for what I want to chat with you about a little bit uh, is about the used equipment side of things. Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about the new lines that Savannah has, your your line, High G. Um, we'll just kind of make our way through it. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Um, and we're good for sound, Gowdy? Yeah. Can you speak again? I'm just, and I think it's just because it's uh, it's linked. Three and okay. four is always linked. Can you oh, okay. speak again? You want me yeah, to speak or Jared? Yes, please. Yeah. Jordan. Okay. I'll speak. Yeah. So I'm getting it. So you just say, okay, you're getting it. Um, i it. Maybe okay. just say who you're with. We'll do a couple test things just to make sure our sound is, is fully on. Okay. Okay. Uh, my name is Jordan Downey. I'm not sure if you introduced me already, but uh, I'm with Savannah Equipment Limited and uh, sister company, High G Concentrators, Inc. Cool. Perfect. Yeah, he's good to go? I think okay. so. So have you got a chance to check out the show yet? A bit, yeah. I wandered around. Uh, Lots of uh, lots of vendors here. Looks good this year. Yeah, I think uh, everybody seems up this year because you know the markets are doing a little bit better. And yeah, I noticed th there's there's quite a mix of companies here. There's, Boeing even has a sister sister company. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah, we're uh, we're I think we're we're hoping to in interview someone from Bombardier uh, later on today. So nice. yeah, it's going to be a busy show for us. Seems like there's some new companies that I haven't seen here before. Yeah, yeah, especially like this company from. Um, from Boeing, they've worked in um, uh, military, and they're they're switching to commercial or or expanding to commercial. Nice. Um, so there's I'm I'm seeing a lot of that going around here. Um, Savannah equipment, their their Martys are are popular again. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is it just you here from Savannah equipment? Uh, it is, yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. 
um, the whole crew didn't come down? No, no, they're busy at the office. <laughs> good. That's good, that's good. Um, so I want to talk, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my notes here so that I, I, I uh, ask the question. That I, going into it, I'm going to right off the top, why are some companies, um, I mean, Savinoff is doing new and been doing used equipment now for over 30 years. Um, why are some companies going, uh, do they go towards used as opposed to new? Uh, it's usually a combination of uh, delivery times. New equipment can be, it could be six weeks to a year or more mm -hmm. uh, to deliver and cost. Uh, they're trying to keep their costs down. So it's, it's usually a combination of cost to delivery. Um, is there instances where something isn't manufactured anymore? Uh, that happens. Uh, parts they come to us for parts uh, for used equipment. Maybe new suppliers don't supply that model, don't supply those parts. So it's usually a combination of those factors. Yeah, is a lot of the equipment um, is a lot of the equipment staying here in Canada? I, I know that Savannah is is bringing a lot of the company or originates from here. Is it, is it staying here and getting sold to mines within Canada and, and the U.S., or does it go pretty abroad a lot of times? It depends. It usually depends on the type of product. Uh, we do export a lot of equipment. Uh, North America and Europe uh, has traditionally had very good uh, manufacturing for mining equipment. Um, so we export a lot of equipment, but a lot of it goes to the local mines as well. Uh, mm -hmm. It helps when the local mining industry is doing well. Uh, then we're supplying more equipment to the local industry. Um, if there's any kind of a downturn, which happens time to time, then uh, we're typically exporting a lot as mm -hmm. well. Mines shut down here, then we export equipment. Uh, right. So it's a little bit of a combination, but we export it all over the world. Yeah. What, I mean, obviously there's going to be a difference in technology, that's one, but what, what are some of the, I mean, when you're redoing a piece of equipment, you know, um, like these LHD vehicles and mm -hmm. equipment like that, what quality does it end up being at by the time it, um, it lands at their mine site? The difference between a new and a used piece of equipment? That's a good question because most clients have that question. And depends on how it's supplied. Uh, used equipment covers a wide variety. New is new. You know what you're getting. It has a warranty. Um, parts are available. Used is different. It can be, it could be a rusted out piece of junk in a field or it could be completely rebuilt. So it really depends on what the client wants and what we're able to offer. Some equipment, it's not worth it to rebuild, but it's in good operating condition so a company can use it. Mm -hmm. So it really depends, and it's, it's really important for purchasers of used equipment to ask the questions to know exactly what they're getting. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know exactly with used, because sometimes if it's as is, which is a common term in the business, yeah. um, as is what? So is it as is operating? Is it as is refurbished? Is it as is we have no idea? So as for Savannah equipment, we try to communicate as honestly as possible and, and let them know what it is so they can make a decision with the proper information. I would I'd make the assumption that as is is going to be less expensive, um, but what it, is there other reasons that they want it as is specifically um, or is it just a cost thing? Uh, it's cost, it's time, it's delivery time. So mm. they want it tomorrow, which when they're buying used, often they do want it tomorrow because that's so, one of the major factors yeah yeah so then they might just take it as is and have their mechanic look it over etc so, right yeah. but if it doesn't work then maybe they just try to save money and they'll rebuild it themselves yeah what what kind of um i mean i i know from obviously knowing a bit about the company as one of our clients and and family connection and everything uh, but what are uh, I'm, I'm not there on the front lines with the sales so mm -hmm. what did what's this What's the size of the companies that, that Savannah Equipment is generally sell, or not even size, but type, like type of operations, underground, open pit, and or which or the ore processing part? Which, which sort of function are they generally working in, and and scale of mine? Um, 
That depends on what's available. Uh, used equipment, uh, it, it's, it's offered to us, typically. So right. we might take a mine down, uh, dismantle a mine, or somebody might offer us a small pump, for example. Mm-hmm. So depending what we have available brings in a different clientele. So right. a good example right now is we have a plant available in South America, or Central America, sorry. Um, it's a 6,500 ton per day gold and silver plant. That's not going to be a small cap miner or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a plaster miner isn't going to use a plant like that. So it's a different clientele than, say, a local plaster miner that has a little uh, 12-inch trommel and wants a little slurry pump or something. So yeah. it's different. It, it really depends on what we have available. Mm-hmm. So. I guess that's kind of one of the challenges of the used equipment because if you're talking to someone who knew, it's kind of like they're pumping out. They might customize it, but it's kind of the same. But your your demographic is actually changing continuously based on inventory that's coming in. It is. Yeah, it totally is. Uh, it depends where in the world it is. We broker a lot of equipment that's it could be la- located in Africa, Europe. We get into all kinds of things, construction, uh, electrical. Mm-hmm. So it, it really, yeah, I mean, we've dealt with General Electric people. They're not a mining company. Um, yeah. But, you know, they've reached out to us before to, to sell surplus equipment. Um, so, yeah, it, it really varies. It's hard to pinpoint exactly yeah. who our client is. I was actually in the, um, we were hauling the Martys in this morning, and I was in the elevator, uh, and a, uh, an executive from Leadcore, I said about uh, that we were, Savinaw was one of our clients, he, and he, right away he knew Savinaw, and it almost doesn't matter where I go, like I could go into a restaurant in downtown Toronto and mention <laughs> Savinaw, and somebody bought something from them yeah. at some point. It's, yeah. Because I think it is, because it's availability, and if it shows up on your website and someone buys it, it could be from anywhere. Especially, and I think it's a lot of that specialized, right? It's even um, the electrical, I remember hearing about that, yeah, that they have an electrical system. They don't want to replace a multi-million dollar system. They need yeah. those couple parts, and it's not, GE doesn't manufacture them anymore. Yeah. So they need to put a new one in, and it's quite a fascinating, multi-layered kind of company. Um, I want to go into the, the new a little bit. Um, I want to start with the, the trauma line and then go into the, the high G um, because that's that's the placer. The, both of those are placer uh, equipment. Um, where does the where does the trauma come from? The new trauma, the ST. Where does it where does the trauma originate from, or where does the, the new one come from? I'm trying not to get into <laughs> confidential in, information. Um, but uh, but. Well, I guess I'd ask it in a different way. Um, why why new traumas? Because I know Savinon sold traumas for years. Yeah. So so more of my question is why why now launch okay. a new trommel into the market? Uh, the trommel is it's hard to find used traumas, mm-hmm. uh, and there's always a need for them. Um, so we just decided to build them and, and supply them to people who need them. Um, it's traumas get beat up out in the bush mining. Um, so typically when someone needs one, if it's used, it has to be fixed anyways. Right, yeah. Or refurbished. So the time to build a new one might take a few weeks, but it takes a few weeks to, to rebuild a used one anyway. So right. and they just they don't come available. In the mining season they're, they're being used. Yeah. So that's why we just start decided to start building them. Is it a heavy duty? I mean, without being an expert on trommels, I've definitely seen. There's, a, I mean, some use mesh, some some use steel. Um, what uh, is it? A, is it a fairly heavy duty one in comparison to other ones in the industry, or is there sort of an advantage to that? The Savinaw trommel line. We designed ours to be fairly, uh, fairly simple to use, mm. uh, well built. Uh, if it can mine in Canada, our thinking is it can mine anywhere. Uh, We've got them working in uh, Guyana, uh, the Yukon, around BC, um, and, you know, they can withstand pretty much anything miners can throw at them, uh, aside from purposely trying to destroy (laughs) it. (laughs) 
<laughs> get rid of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I just I noticed because I've been to you know a few of these these shows and I've walked around and then I was out at the site kind of just inspecting it and looking at it. It seemed like it was everything was thick. The steel was thick. Yeah. It wasn't sort of like you know these flimsy little mesh that they put on some of them and that. Yeah, anybody will tell you they could build a trommel. They yeah. can throw a trommel together, um, but it, it's it's the quality, the, using the right components, based on experience, dealing with clients, um, what it takes to keep it in operation. It's not the fanciest machine on in the industry. Yeah, um, It's supposed to be cost-effective, strong, well-built, and should last many seasons if yeah. you take care of it. Got to jump into the one that's uh, that's exciting. We actually have a cutout of one of the machines here. I I, I, I saw that on my way in. Yeah, <laughs> it turned out good. Um, the the high G concentrators. Now they've been around. Now you've taken on the line. Uh, you've personally taken on, and you've partnered with Savinar to distribute them. Um, th but they've been around. This is not a new. Like this is not. You didn't. This isn't yesterday. That's got released to the market. This has been around for a while, right? Yeah, so it's been, High g is, was uh, designed in the 80s, the early 80s. Um, kind of around the same time that uh, a couple other uh, brand of concentrators, Nelson, Falcon, those yeah. are well-known brands. They all kind of came from the same technology, the same place, and they all kind of had their own take on it. So High g developed out of that um, by engineers and a a very intelligent mechanic who had a lot of experience uh, in the field installing and operating concentrators. Mm -hmm. he, he worked with what was on the market. He wanted to make some changes, improve it. So that's what he did, and that became high G. So in the early on, it was intended for placer use, alluvial placer mining. Mm. Um, so... Some circumstances are typical of placer is the feed side is not standard. It's larger than in a grinding application. Oh, because you're not crushing it down. You're to not a specific crushing it to a specific oh, okay, size. Right. So he wanted something that could handle those changing parameters, mm -hmm. changing slurry uh, density, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why he uh, built the high G concentrator. Uh, many were sold. Uh, unfortunately, after about 20 years of operating, that gentleman passed away, mm. and nobody, some, one of his engineers continued to build them and supply them, um, but they weren't really being marketed. They were just used on consulting projects, et cetera. So mm. then I stepped in, it was offered to me, I stepped in and purchased the company because over the years, everybody wanted a high G, mm -hmm. but there wasn't as many on the used market. So whenever we got one, it was sold yeah. instantly. So, um, so that was kind of the impetus for me to, to take on the line and incorporate it into what Savanagh equipment does with mm -hmm. used equipment. Yeah. I guess that says a lot about a brand, though, when it's years later and there's still people asking for it, even though it's not. It's, because at, for a time, it wasn't in production. So for, for a time. Well, it's always, they've always been produced. Mm. They weren't advertised, you could right. say. Yeah. They didn't have uh, Crownsman Partners. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank that's, you. That, that's our plug. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> Except um, we should mention he was not paid for that. <laughs> well, it depends how good the plug is. <laughs> I just speak the truth. What can I say? Um, and, and how has it re been received into the market? Um, you know, you, you do have, there is there's no doubt about it, you've got some pretty stiff competition with, you know, the, the Falcons, the Nelsons. Um, how, how is it being received now that you are starting to put it out? I know we've had people already come up and ask about it. Um, mm -hmm. how, how are people responding to it, um, you know, at the ground level where you're starting to push them into the market? I think what they want to know is that it's going to be uh, supported. There's, there's going to be service, there's going to be parts, uh, it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, that's their main concern. A lot of the experienced uh, technical people, they know Hygie. Some of the new people, the younger people, uh, they don't know it. They've, mm -hmm. They haven't heard of it, to be honest. So um, that's our challenge, is getting the word out there that we're, it's back in business, mm -hmm. there is parts, uh, they could be shipped anywhere in the world. Uh, there is a technical team behind it. 
it's a good solid product and Savannah equipment supports it mm-hmm. uh, and we've been obviously in business for 30 plus years so mm-hmm. um, I think there's a lot of excitement they just they in kind of the these times people want they want to see a lot of examples out in the field so that's what we're working on is getting a bunch of concentrators out in the field mm-hmm. all over the world uh, working so we can explain to people and show people what we already know about high G concentrators. And have you got the ones that have got out in the field already, good response from them and their operations? And they, yeah, great response. Uh, I think it's okay to mention there's, uh, there's a, a, a concentrator working up in Nome. Mm. Um, that's probably one of the most challenging applications we've dealt with, salt water out in the ocean. Uh, they're very happy with it. Uh, it's been challenging because of the, I mean, you're out in the sea trying to, you know, keep everything working and there's you know, a lot of issues with, uh, specific to, to that application. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it does what it's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and that is recover very fine gold yeah. and they've always worked and and they work now. So. And it was it was originally designed to have to be able to handle a little more variation than its counterparts. That was. Yeah, it's meant for the kind of the changing parameters mm-hmm. inherent in placer miner uh, and placer mining applications. Yeah. Interesting. You have a placer gold booth. Two yeah. down from you. I right saw next that. To us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have a lot of nuggets. This this yeah. concentrator is not really capturing nuggets. Uh, sluice boxes can do that, but what sluice boxes can't do is recover very fine gold, like 44 bicon, 325 mesh. So that's where a high G comes in. So you're starting out with a, a generally you're starting out with a trommel, then you get it down to the the concentrate, which is that fine, it's basically flakes of sand. Um, size gold then, right? And that's where the concentrator comes in. Well, yeah, a, a trommel is a wash plant, so it can be a, a vibrating screen or a, or a trommel. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, they have a sluice box, uh, which is, I don't know how old the sluice box is, but very, very, very old. It's been used <laughs> yeah. for many centuries. Um, so then it goes, so it's actually, you can run concentrate through a high G concentrator and upgrade the concentrate. Mm. Um, you can also run head ore, like fresh material. Mm. Uh, th- some of them have a screen on them. You need to screen it down to five millimeters. Oh, I see. Um, it's about quarter inch. Um, and you can feed that through. So anything five millimeter minus, right. it can recover as fine as kind of 44 micron. That's, that's the limit, yeah. I would say. You'll get some recovery finer than that, but that's kind of the limit. Um, so, and you have quite a you have quite a range. Uh, you know, we'll we'll wrap up. I know you want to go out and meet some people in the show. So, but you got quite a range too of of sizes. Um, for for I mean, some people watching have never even heard of a gold yeah. concentrator. So, um, what's what's the size range of these machines typically? They go from a quarter of a ton an hour uh, to up to sixty ton per hour. Wow! Oh, so big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a maximum capacity would be about 120 ton per hour. Really? So from there, you kind of, you multiply the units. You don't build a bigger unit. Oh, I see. Oh, so. okay. You, so these get put into a, a process as well, a placer process. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah, not you, a standalone machine. No. Yeah. No. Uh, the little test size units, like yeah. the one on the sign, mm-hmm. uh, that is a standalone unit. Yeah. You hook up a pump, take a bucket of material, whether it's concentrate or gravel, and run it over that screen, yeah. and it, you'll get your concentrate. From You'll get a concentrate that then you clean up on a table, and that's how you get your, your final gold. Right, yeah. We have to put, uh, we have to make sure we get links and everything in there yes. as well. Yes, yeah, so. we'll definitely put um, highgconcentrators.com <laughs> right on the bottom. A little uh, free advertising. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, and, you know, uh, your email for sure Kay. so that they know. Some contact info, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jordan, thank you very much. I thank you for having me. probably see fun. you in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Catch up with you for lunch. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, Jordan. Sweet.
So we're still we're still rolling. We we're are. At 49 minutes. We've got two hours left to do this podcast. We're we're not stopping. We're doing all day podcast now. No, I'm okay. I'm so scared. You got more energy <laughs> than me. Why are you scared? <laughs> I'm the one that'll burn out. <laughs> um, uh, that's why I'm scared. I need to keep up that energy. You'll, you'll see me. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, uh, wow. I'm glad we got new someone to represent new and used. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of you got to see both. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different. Uh, so it, it depends on, uh, I guess, what a, a mining company or anybody is looking for, whether, which will kind of make that decision whether to go with new or used. Yeah, it's it, it's it's funny. It's um, well, even us setting up our sound equipment. It wasn't um, it wasn't always about how much or or how much or how little we wanted to spend. It was about finding the right equipment for the right application. That's and right. mine's no different. Um, and one of the things that struck me is, and I wish I had have asked Jan about it when we were interviewing for GHH, is lead times. Used equipment uh, does not have near, and we have that with uh, with Power Zone equipment. We have mm-hmm. that with Savannah equipment. They are their used suppliers. If that equipment is available, then it can be it can be distributed. I mean, sometimes within weeks, if it's as is, it can be. And you know, they have they want it for parts. They want an LHD truck for parts. They throw that on the truck and it's gone yeah. and on its way. So it really depends on the application. It's not just the the um, the cost savings. That's not the only reason people are, are buying. Um, yeah. You know, these these concentrators that Jordan's talking about, ha- being able to handle um, more, more challenging uh, materials, that it's, if you need that, that particular thing for where you're working, and there's not a new one available and the site you didn't realize you needed it and you go into operation in a week you don't have time to wait um so it's really good to i think for for someone buying equipment to understand the difference and it comes down to reputation a company like savonaut has been around 30 years you can go check them out you can you know they're they're easy to find high g um i mean they sell used high g's when they come available Uh, but now high g is being backed by that brand and that's the kind of stuff um and I, I would venture to say there's there's new equipment that is that is garbage too, right? It's it's about understanding the brand, understanding the advantages, and knowing what you need. And that's the engineers and the planners right. and the people that are putting these minds together. Yeah, I I actually also find that a lot of the times, I mean, this used equipment is you know it's been used for years and it's still being used. It it kind of shows you that, you know, the manufacturing from years ago is still really good. Yeah. Um compared to a lot of the manufacturing being done now, which is a lot of the times, you know, I feel not as great. Mm-hmm. They're not meant to last as long. Um yes. and I think it's it's for the point of, you know, use it a couple years and come back and buy another one. Well, yeah, and I I, th- I mean the b- a big challenge with new is um is the technology part, right? I mean, this this company like GHH is they have to. They can't. They they have to make it ready to be used, and I think that's mm-hmm. that's the big thing. So, I think there's still those simplified versions, but even those, because technology has changed, you still you still need to to have a, a an understanding of even a simplified. Yeah. Because the engine is different. You know, the wiring is going to be different. It's going to be a, a different drive system. It, all those things come into play. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It would be interesting to, to compare the quality of a sim- of this simplified uh, LHD mm-hmm. um, vehicle or, or an underground rock truck compared to one from 30 years ago, fresh, both fresh <laughs> off the lot and see. Can we do that? I, <laughs> Maybe someone can fund us to do the research. I don't know. If I'm not maybe. For it. <laughs> maybe we should do a podcast based on that. And we'll go and ask if we can well, use. <laughs> we can yeah, yeah. We can put cats uh, machines against cats machines. Oh, that would see, be really cool. See if their quality has improved on their basic designs. <laughs> we should do that. Um, are we writing this down? <laughs> As an oh, idea. We'll remember this. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would be great. Yeah, um, I I like. Um, both interviews were good. They both they both know their product. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's nice for me because that's there's a family so family element of it. So you obviously want to see uh, your family succeed even beyond them being a customer. Yeah. 
But what I like is is getting really that understanding of that Savannah equipment is not competing against GHH. No. They are they have different customer bases and it's about supplying that demand. That's right. And and making sure and and ultimately when um, it, it's, it doesn't affect GHH when someone buys used and doesn't affect Savannah when someone buys new. I mean, there are cases. Obviously, there's times where they're going to compete a little bit over, you know, someone who's kind of on the fence of going either way. Yeah. But I think what both companies, uh, and I know Savannah a little bit better, but what, what these companies are doing really well and from the way GHH was talking is it's really about understanding what the customers need. And that's going to be, make... The major difference um, when w- having a company that is going to figure out what you need and then put them in the right direction. They're obviously not going to tell you, well, no, you should do out. In some cases, they do. Sometimes. Um, the other one I didn't t- get to dig into it as much with Jordan is about uh, about plants. Because mm-hmm. um, Savannah does a little bit of underground, but there there are a lot of ore processing. Jordan was saying um, about that plant that they've got for sale right now in Central. Uh, we should put a link to that. Yeah, in actually, the podcast yeah. as well. And um, and that plant. I mean, some of these plants, they maybe they've only operated. I don't, I don't know the details of that one, but um, you'd have to talk to Savannah for that. But and we'll plants, put their contact information yes, at the exactly. bottom too. <laughs> um, some of these plants have not been in operation very long. So it would be, and you're talking about lead time as well, to, Jordan said, up to a year sometimes. Like you're talking ball mills and crushers, and, and they got to manufacture these, these heavy, huge pieces of machinery. And so sometimes it's just, you don't want to wait for it. You can tear down a plant, put it back up. The system has already been engineered. So you're talking about savings in money, mm-hmm. time, um, design, there, there's so many advantages to it. And that's something, again, I wish I had got into a little bit more with Jordan, is, is the advantages of a plant, um, which is different than just buying a one-off LHD truck or a crusher. Um, when you buy a full plant, you're getting, you're getting a full operation already put up and yeah. designed. And it's, it's all about finding the right, I mean, you got to find the right company to tear it down, to put it back up. This, and this obviously is these are multi-million dollar projects. It's huge uh, challenges involved. But it at least eliminates one because you know the plant. You have the, the documentation that says the plant operated properly. You're not having to choose, okay, should I buy an LHD truck from them, them, or them? Yeah. They've already got, well, LHD, that's a different example. But a ball mill, this is multiple brands, multiple technology. No. This, we need it to produce this much. We need to recover. We have this grade of gold in the ore. Okay, this is the plant we need. This is the one. So, yeah, we, we definitely should put that plant and a link to other plants they have. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, not, not just as a support to Savinaw, but, to, to, but to, to showcase the range that you can, you know, the, I, I, I think people within the industry would know. I don't think people would realize that you can take a plant down from Central America and ship it almost anywhere in the world yeah. um, and have a full operation. So it's pretty incredible, the work that they do. Um, and so, yeah, we'll put some links to some Absolutely. of that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we'll definitely put the links down there for um, for Savannah equipment, for G concentrators, and for GHH. Oh, absolutely. absolutely so yeah. you'll have, you know, where to contact uh, or who to contact or who we've interviewed anyway yeah. um, to get more information. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I like, too, he talked about the autonomous a little bit. So yeah. Um, Hopefully we can uh, cut talk that, about that. Cut, <laughs> yeah. cut, cut that in a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, he was a good interview. So um, where can people follow us, talk to us, um, cheer us on, support us? <laughs> um, well, you can visit our website at crowns, uh, crownsman.com. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter uh, at crownsmanp. Also, you know, follow us on Facebook. Again, Crownsman P, because um, we we do a lot of these events. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, if you want to know where we're at next or where we're filming our next podcast, um, that is where you'll you'll head. Um, our events are always posted on there. Yeah. Um, you can also follow um, yourself. Yes. At Jared Downey. Jared Downey. That is where I am. Uh, <laughs> or follow me because I'm cooler at Gaudi Molina too. <laughs> I, uh, I mostly am sharing out the stuff that you share anyway, so yeah, well he just piggybacks you. on my posts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yes, um, absolutely. Um, and then you know, Hygie, uh, yeah. HygieConcentrators.com. 
Yep. SavinaEquipment.com. Uh, GHH, um, I will figure I'm not entirely sure their, that their website. That is GHHmining.com. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Um, also, on our website, you have, um, we do reports, uh, yes. which is partially funded by the IAC, which stands for the International Alliance of Canada. Indu mm -hmm. International. Industrial Alliance <laughs> of Canada. My goodness. Um, and you can get more information there at crownsman.com forward slash IAC. You can join up a member. That's $40 a month. Um, and that's just all about supporting. And so you can get our research. It's partially funded by IAC. Yeah. If you go to crownsman.com, you'll see a news section there. You can, there's report, industry report yeah. talking about the markets. Uh, really interesting stuff that we're adding in there. That's a lot of times done through by uh, Arjun Sharma. Yes. He's just excellent at digging in and giving... Uh, Sometimes it's quite complicated information and simplifying it so that, you know, and you're it's really good if you're trying to expand your business and you're yes. trying to understand a market. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of good content um, at our, on our website. Yeah. Um, so so please, please follow us. Please look at our website. Join the IAC and support the industrial sectors. Um, it helps fund us looking at government policies that are making it difficult for uh, yes. industrial, the industrial sector to, to grow. Um, and yeah, so so be a part of our network. We we look forward to you. thank you, thank you for for watching and listening. That's right. And tell your friends. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>